Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on NOMCASTpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts on the socials at NOMCASTpod and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Truck I was going to say, like, the whole point I'm of Star a, Wars I'm is to get him to shoot those friggin' things to kill the Death Star. You took that the whole design of that movie. I'm a little... Things didn't go the way you I'm thought. No, I'm just a little... <laughs> Stallone's playing soccer? Yeah. What's going on? I'm I, watching this. I saw that at a very young age, and I didn't... You're coming at me hard. I'm not coming, You're at, coming hard. at Yeah, you are. I just don't believe her choices. Her choices are ridiculous. Yeah. Give me, a, give me an emotion. Hey there, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend that you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. What's up, man? Nothing. You know, just uh, accidentally signed myself up for a week in oh, uh, insane asylum. That fired me up the first time I saw that and still kind of annoyed me. When we'll get into that. Uh, Butler is referring to the movie that we're doing this week. It's called Unsane. But before I get into the facts, Butler is going to tell you what that movie's about. Sawyer Valentini relocates from Boston to Pennsylvania to escape from the man who's been stalking her for the last two years. While consulting with a therapist, Valentini unwittingly signs in for a voluntary 24-hour commitment to Highland Creek Behavioral Center. Her stay at the facility soon gets extended when doctors and nurses begin to question her sanity. Sawyer now believes that one of the staffers is her stalker, and she'll do whatever it takes to stay alive and fight her way out. This is Unsane! Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Unsane has a runtime of 98 minutes. It's rated R at a production budget of $1.5 million. Release date was March 23rd, 2018, so four years ago. Opening weekend, it did 3.7 million, domestic 7.7, and worldwide 14.3. Uh, and considering that this was shot ex almost exclusively on the iPhone 7 Plus using Filmic Pro, which we use for our commercials, yep, uh, that's pretty amazing. And we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, but I did want to put out there why, why you saw that production budget of $1.5 million. Uh, production company was Regency Enter Enterprises and Extension 765, distributed by Bleecker Street, uh, fingerprint releasing in the U.S. and 20th Century Fox International. Uh, the 23rd of March, it went up against Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, the uh, not-so-seller sequel to Pacific Rim, which we both love. Mm -hmm. Sherlock Gnomes, which I've never seen, and I'm kind of proud of that. Midnight Sun. Have you seen Midnight Sun? Midnight Sun is when she has a condition where she can't get in the sun or it'll burn her or kill her or something like that. Uh, I remember, but I did not see it. Well, there's a scene where she's like running from the sun. Like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and Paul, Apostle of Christ. I don't even remember what that's about, but it's a wide release, so I put it in there. Woo. You also had a limited release of Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson uh, stop motion animation movie. I did see that. And I, I, like I know that you like that. It. And Final Portrait. 
on the uh, 30th, which was the week after, you had Acrimony, God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, which I think we played. Yeah, we and did. And the limited release, The Last Movie Star. But you also had on the Thursday, the 29th, which was this is, they started doing Thursday openings to just kind of like get you more money on the weekend with Ready Player One, which is the Spielberg film based on the Ernest Klein book. Right. Um, but yeah. So, and then the 16th of March was the week before you had Tomb Raider. Love Simon. I can only imagine, which I can't. We I remember that poster vividly in the theater, and I remember the uh, trailer the song playing yep. over and over in the lobby. Yep. <laughs> and then seven days in Entebbe. I don't think we had that one. That's the hijacking one. That's with the uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm, I'm blanking. Oh, what's his name? I know. Oh, oh, was McAvoy in that? I don't remember. Anyways, uh, this movie was directed and uh, was cinematographer and the editor by Steven Soderbergh. The last Soderbergh film we did was what? Logan Butler. Lucky. Logan Lucky. And we discussed how Soderbergh does a lot of the, like I said, he directs, he shoots it. He edits it, but he, he uses different names Pseudonyms, and different yeah. names. Yeah, but it's which, all him. Which Hulu uses when they were, when I went to go watch this. Oh, yeah. They used Marianne Bernard as director. You ha Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, so I was incorrect. like, I thought this was uh, Soderbergh. No, his movie. name. His name is on director. His name is director. The Marianne Bernard is another credit. His editing. Yeah. Yeah, which I didn't understand why they accidentally put that as director. Right, Hulu, right. It really confused me. So he's done The Laundromat. He's done Logan Lucky, which we did. Magic Mike, Behind the Candelabra, which is the uh, uh, Liberace film that was on HBO. He's done obviously all the Oceans, 11, 12, and 13. Aaron Brockovich. Uh, he also, I said High Flying, no, High Flying Bird is another movie that he did for Netflix that's also shot in an iPhone. And he's got an upcoming movie called Kimmy, which comes out, I don't know, it comes out this year, but I don't know when and where. Uh, this movie was written by Jonathan Bernstein and James Greer. Uh, they I, they are a writing duo. They've done The Spy Next Door, Max Keeble's Big Move, and then Larry the Cable Guy, Health Inspector, for all your fans out there. Our composer was David Wilder Savage. Uh, he, I only, the only credit I have for him is High Flying Bird. And then produced by Joseph Malik, who did Paint It Black, High Flying Bird Again, and Let Them All Talk. Very high, very heavy High Flying Bird credit section there. So the cast, Claire Foy as Sawyer Valentini. She is in uh, The Crown, the TV show The Crown. She played the, the queen in the first couple, first two seasons, I believe. She's in First Man and The Girl in the Spider's Web. Did you like that? I know that's not technically a Elizabeth Sal Salamander or Salander. Salamander. Salamander. <laughs> I, I don't think she did as, as great a job as Rooney Mara, but I also think it was a very different kind of movie. Well, it's not a it's not based on any of the books. It's I know, just kind of like in the world. It was also far more of an action movie. Yeah. yeah. She was a different character. I liked it. It was watchable. Right. But I would have really preferred the Fincher oh. storyline carrying over. Yeah. Or the original. Um, oh, what's her name? Who played the original? Oh, uh, um, Numi uh, Rust. Numi Rap, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like those a little better. But I don't think Claire Foy did a bad job. I think she did a good job as the character. Gotcha. Joshua Leonard as David Strine, uh, who's in the Blair Witch Project, If I Stay and Hatchet. Amy Irving as Angela Valentini. She plays Sawyer's mom. She was nominated for an Oscar in Yentl. She's also in Carrie. She's in both Carries and Traffic. Jay Farrow as Nate. Uh, you might know him from the TV show SNL from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> He's also in Top 5 and Ride Along. Juno Temple as Violet. Everyone knows her now from Ted Lasso. But yes, she has done other stuff other than Ted Lasso. She's in the Whitey Bulger movie. She's also, yes, uh, Black Mass. Mm -hmm. She's also in Palmer and Atonement. Matt Damon makes an appearance as Detective Ferguson. He's in there. My credit for him is <laughs> movies. And then, my last credit is a personal one because I mentioned this last episode. So I play basketball with this guy, Art Schaefer. And he he does a lot of background and extra work, and he does a lot of stuff on like the ID, uh, like the reenactment stuff. Right. Um, and he plays one of the he plays the FBI agent. If people who know me 
if you didn't know this, at the end of the movie, they have a tracking shot that goes into the ba- into the uh, Highland Creek, and he plays the FBI agent that they're following. And if you know Art, you, when you see it, you know it's him because you know that's the way he walks. So, which is not a weird way; you just know his gait. <laughs> so, and my credit for him is rec league basketball. So that's how I know Art. So, good job, Art. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> he probably doesn't even listen to this. <laughs> All right. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk, I, I touched on it briefly, was that this phone, this movie was shot on iPhone 7 Plus in 4K with the Filmic Pro app. They used a Panasonic. Yeah, they cheated. Well, they used it in the car scenes because to avoid shaking and when they needed the telephoto lens. But for dolly shots, he was using the iPhone on a gimbal and he sat in a wheelchair. So I don't know why he couldn't use the gimbal in the car. Yeah, that's why you can... Whatever, whatever. Well, you're thinking mm-hmm. iPhone 7 Plus. We are on iPhone 13, so there but, could be a lot different. Here's the other thing, though. You took points off of collateral when they used a uh, film camera in the club. No, scene. I did. Is like, it really full digital? It's, it's not full not. digital because they use that in the club it's scene. It's not. So he, uh, as impressive as it is, he filmed most on an iPhone Seven. He did cheat. Okay, and he gets points well, off for that. Why does he get? Okay, whatever. <laughs> you want to be petty like that? I also don't like petty. that. I don't like the night the night vision scenes later on. But we could talk about that later. Sure, we can, <laughs> we can talk about that right now. Well, the other last thing is it shot. It was shot in ten days, and it was shot in chronological order, which makes sense because it's probably easier to do. And, and apparently, it was shot in secret. Whatever that means. Like, I'm not telling people I'm shooting a film. They didn't announce it. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't have but to announce every single, every exactly. single thing you do. That's not really in secret. <laughs> All right. Um, you, I had seen this. You had not. Nope. I'm curious. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Good I or bad? very much do not like this movie. Really? I very much do not like this movie at all. Well, get ready because this uh, is going to be a I fight. am impressed that it's mostly filmed on an iPhone 7. Sure. Claire Foy does a fa- I think the acting is is very good. Uh, but other than that, I I find the film, uh, the storyline, the dialogue, the events that happen, it's just it none of it, none of it drives with me. I think it's all pretty bad. Um, Before we dive in, I'm not a huge fan. We start fighting. <laughs> you're not in, at whole. Let's let's give me something more specific. I guess not concrete, but more specific. More specific. Of, well, because you were like, I don't like dialogue. Like, I find I find the whole storyline and the choices that the characters make uh, unrealistic. Right. And for example. Mostly all of uh, Sawyer's choices. I, I don't believe any of that. First, you're signing a huge document. You're signing your 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 24 hour voluntary committal accidentally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that the cops wouldn't even talk to her. I don't believe that the that uh, David Strine, her stalker. Mm-hmm. First, he would be removed from rotation if it constantly upset her. She he would not still be. I don't care how short staffed they would be. He continually causes her distress as as a health care place, even if they are corrupt and, and bad. They would not keep they're just causing problems, keeping her there for seven days, putting her in a padded cell, letting him go into the padded cell. The fact the way that he gets away with everything, Sawyer's and Sawyer's turn from this this regular person to like letting Violet get murdered and, and attempted ra- like almost raped and not really caring about it. It just. None of it jived for me. I, I, I am not surprised that the writers who wrote this wrote Larry the Cable Guy. I will, I will put it that way. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, I okay. did not like this. Well, let me, let, me, let me go to the first part of your diatribe. Uh, <laughs> the, in the beginning of the movie, she shows up because she's, you know, she's already on edge because she, she left, leaves Boston, go to Pennsylvania, gets his job. She's trying to get away from her stalker. Um, and you kind of get that later on with flashbacks when she's telling Nate the story of what happened. Um, and she goes in, she wants to talk to somebody. It is kind of naive on her part when she walks into Highland Creek or to talk to that, to that woman. And she's just, she's thinking she's having a session 
and she's signing something. She thinks it's just, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing right. is, is a bit shady. Like that woman that's doing it is just kind of like the, the woman that in kind of the intake lady is you, you get upset, you get angry, you get annoyed because you're, how can you, what are you doing? You're not, you know, like the, she, you know what I mean? Like you get annoyed and upset and on edge. But I think that that adds for me that me being like, not understanding, like, do you not understand what's happening to you? Kind of adds to the tension of the moment, kind of siding along with the character. That's for me. You may not, you may not care about Larry. You may not, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that kind of gets me along the lines of, how come nobody's what's going on here? Why is it like this? And I get that you're trying to do something because you're doing two things there. One, that's I think that's with the story uh, in terms of telling that story. But two, also, they are trying to make a comment on these places, you know, like the insurance oh, sure. scams they do and stuff. Like a very that. heavy handed. Like they well, have to constantly I mean, explain yeah. it over and over. I got it the first time. You don't have to have eight conversations about how the insurance is going to keep you for seven days and then drop you. They say it 12 times. I got it the first time. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm that's. Yeah. Well, okay. But also she's, it's a five page document she's signing. Read some of it. Just read. Yeah. Read Sawyer. You're supposed to be so good. You got everything so great on these reports. Clearly you're supposed to be someone who pays. They introduce her as someone who pays close attention to detail and then immediately throw that out well, five I, minutes later. But she's also somebody who's very damaged. Again, maybe they did not do a good job of kind of explaining that before because I forgot that. She gets put into Highland Creek really quick. I thought it was a little bit later on. I didn't realize it was the first five or ten minutes. I do like that that we get into it pretty much right but, away. But that might go along the lines of you you having a problem with but relating yes. to her issue or or what her decisions. Well, you completely reverse what you've introduced immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no you never come back to that. You're someone who really pays close attention to detail. This report is flawless. Like. Then why don't you read that document when you're signing yourself away for 24 but hours? But the time that she gets there, uh, up you, I mean, I don't know if you thought this, but when I first watched it, by the time she gets into Highland Creek and then up until the point when she sees the guy, David Strine, and she starts yelling at him, and then he pulls the envelope out that has the address of his mother, of her mother. Right. Up until that point, I thought, she's something's wrong with her. She's having, she's having issues. She's having, you know what? You know what I mean? Like I, you know, Oh, I didn't. I, I thought right away he's going to end up being the stalker. Okay. Really? I thought right away. Yeah. I mean, if it was, and she was crazy, I, I, it, well, I, you do see him early in the, sh in the movie. Cause she thinks she, she sees him, but it's, it's for him. There's a guy with a backpack on in her office and you he see walks, the back of him. Yeah. Walks away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which and, kind of, they kind of go back to at the end of the film. Well, as doesn't well. he? Doesn't she flash to him? She flashes to him when she's first in that big room and she's just banging on the door. And she opens it up and the other guy comes in and, and it's him and she hits him and it's the original orderly. Remember when they first? Oh, the, yeah. right, right, right. So you right, do right. get a you shot of him at the beginning. Yes. yes. So I mean, so I guess when you then maybe maybe when you do see him giving her the pills because she closes her eyes and opens it back up again thinking that, you know, it's not real. Right. So maybe that's when you start realizing, because up until that point, I, I think there's still a question of, you know, what's wrong? What's going on here? What's wrong with her? Is this just a thriller about them, you know, taking, intaking people and for, until the insurance runs out and all, all that stuff, which here's my other thing. At what point don't you just call the insurance company and tell them to cancel, <laughs> cancel your yeah, insurance? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I, for me, I think that works. I, I like this movie, and, and I'm straight. I'm 
little. I'm a Things little. Things didn't go uh, the way you. I'm, no, I'm just a little surprised that you you are so anti this film, and that's fine because I'm I'm perfectly fine talking about it. <laughs> but I want to get to one of the other things you're talking about when you you talked about how David puts her in the padded cell downstairs in the basement. They don't know that. You know that, right? Nobody knows that she's down there. And yet somehow he's able to do all these things. Well, and move these it's... patients around and these mental patients who have a bunch of issues and are clearly some of them are violent and psychotic are allowed to co-mingle with each other's genders. That, that would never I happen. don't. Well, that I don't. Would... I don't know what that is. I don't know about that life. So I don't know. Well, this movie is shot in 10 days. So maybe they took a shortcut there. I'm not excusing that. I just don't know. Just, uh, I but the whole stuff with the padded cell that was over the span of a night. She's in there in the afternoon or in right. the day. The next day, the next morning, she tells him, "Oh, I want you to go bring down Violet because she knows Violet holds that sharpened spoon because she wants to try she to kill him." Yeah. yeah. So that's only like the next day into the next morning, and somehow she creates this this psychotic Joker like plan on in order to get David to grab Violet and bring her down. And, Gets Violet killed on purpose. Well, she, she, what, is, what is she supposed to think? She's she's going to think that this guy's going to kill her or, or rape her. So she becomes like, let me get Violet. Well, she's to get trying to get she's trying to get out of here. It's in any way possible. Like, then why do I care about Sawyer? But like you're at <laughs> what? Do you, oh, well, hold up. You're acting like she hasn't been friends with Violet throughout the entire thing. Violet's I, been I an antagonizer. Un I understand that. Right, right. But also understand that Violet actually is. A, a mental uh, patient. She actually does have issues. She clearly needs help. And Sawyer purposely and maliciously has David come and try to rape her. She rapes her herself. Oh, they didn't rape her. They just kissed her. They, well, I understand oh, what you're saying. I, that's it's, att it's attempted rape. It's not. A t it, <laughs> it absolutely is. And that's why she. Why David? Jesus, when did you down. become so soft? She. It, I don't. It's not that it was soft. never going to go there. It goes. He murders her. No, that's different. You're talking about how she, you're, so, you just, you just said were, that he brings her two, down to rape her. Like, yeah, obviously he does bring her down to rape her. He and, brings and, her down to have sex with her so, in front of her. That's but then she breaks and she stops. She breaks it up to get the spoon. She stabs him. That's it. I mean, that's that that was a plan. Is it a well thought out plan? Yeah, maybe so not. So the plan fails, and two things happen. One, he does he go kills through her. with the rape. No, two, he doesn't. He kill, no, two, he two things. Two things would happen. Oh, two he things does, would yeah. happen. He either rapes her or kills her. I think her plan was always to get the spoon. Oh, sure. Yeah. So Absolutely. at what point would you think but that the plan's she was not, gonna, not so necessarily going to work? But you're assuming her plan was to let him finish whatever he was doing, then no. get the spoon. I'm saying that if she failed, that was what was going to happen. Or either way, Violet was going to probably die. Well, I mean, put your. I mean, can you put? Can you put yourself in that situation and tell me you that know, it's a lot of like you're trying to what you're defending this pretty hardcore compared to like some of the movies where people make weird choices uh, in other films. Well, give me an example. Even, give me an I, example. Look, listen back. You're coming at me hard. I'm not coming, you're at, coming hard. at Yeah, you are. I just don't believe her choices. Her choices are ridiculous. And I'm trying, but I'm trying to tell you, put yourself in the place of her. She's somebody who's been stalked. She's locked away in a room. She can't get out unless he gets in there with the key. She needs something. She needs something brought in in order to attack him. How are you? What decision would you have then her make? I'm not sure. Hey, you're the writer. You've sitting down and you're writing this. What's your choice? Well, while well, I'm watching it? my uh, my success with Larry the Cable Guy, I'm, I'm that's I'm not my fair. Next you do that's <laughs> not fair. Larry the Cable Guy is wildly popular just because you don't like him doesn't mean that not a thousand millions of other people don't like him, and they probably got a nice paycheck for that. Sawyer is. Constantly, all of a sudden, she can't figure out how to do anything sure. in this right, whole movie. She gets in the padded cell. And You're all talking sudden, about in general. Up yeah, to, during and all of a okay. sudden, she becomes this genius at, at stopping David. Okay, here's the thing, though. 
How can you uh, see? I'm saying that her decision to get Violet down here. I don't. Is that necessarily a smart move? No, but it's uh, like, what else is she supposed to do? All right. But in terms of writing and in terms of character. Sure. sure. Now, who do I care about in this film? Sure. The, the, like, no, well, you don't connect with so Sawyer. So you don't. You don't feel like the, what I had said they, before. They never really make you connect with Sawyer. And then at that point, it's like you just can't. But see, I that's my whole point. And they, oh, do you pay attention to what I'm saying? The whole <laughs> point of my opening is that because they the way they intake her and she doesn't understand what's happening. And then they kind of like all of a sudden she's been hospitalized for 24 hours. That doesn't get you to feel for her. No. To empathize. No. What is wrong with you? How does that? How do you just you just are like you're stupid? You deserve this. That's what you're saying. Absolutely not. Okay, but she's then, completely combative, and she just doesn't because she she's angry. I understand that, but then her choice, like you, never get a chance to think, to to feel for. Her. They never give you an empathetic moment, other than oh, this person signed like any number of those characters could, but they don't really make her like. I'm not saying likable, but I I don't feel like they don't make me care okay that much about whether or not she gets out i mean sure it's it's a shitty position she's in and sure. i understand that but they don't do they do a couple of moments where she kind of gets a little bit more she doesn't really have that much personal moments with her mom i, I don't feel for her when she's talking to her mom that much but when she's talking to nate and she kind of lets her guard down around nate mm -hmm. i feel for her a little bit mm -hmm. but they don't give me enough of that you don't feel for her the whole time she tells nate and Rich and tells her about with when Matt Damon enters and the detective and starts telling her about everything that she has to do to change her life. There's nothing she can do in terms of this guy following her, but there's all this stuff that he tells her. Don't you can't use your. I understand. Current, you know and, what I mean? And yeah, that's that's shitty. But I also don't think we need the flashback. I Why? think I think a more emotional monologue focusing on Claire, where she breaks down, would have been far more powerful. That's funny coming from you, who doesn't like when plays get adapted. You do and you don't. But this is clearly show don't tell. So you now you want her to have this. I want her you to give me wanna, something. I want her to give me something where I so care hold about on. her. I do you like Claire Foy as an actress? I do. It doesn't seem like I you said do. her performance is really good. In this? Yes. But you're, you're, you're shitting there's all over nothing, the way. There's nothing written there for her to have sure. me care about her. But I think she plays the character well. But I think she's not a character I can empathize with that much. I can feel bad for her situation. That she's, I feel bad that she's got a stalker. I feel bad that she's committed. But I don't feel bad for her in general because she's not a very likable character. And there's nothing that shows me what she was before, how she was before the stalker. And even when she's in the room with David, she basically says, I was a shitty person. You know? Right. Well, she, and, and that's like, okay, what are you giving me here to latch on to? So you didn't like any of that, that scene in the padded cell when she starts unloading on him? Because I liked that. Oh, sure. That was great acting. And that, but, but you're not going to hold on. You're, but, but you're not going to contribute that to the writing. But I feel like the entire movie is getting to that point where she can tell off David. And it's like, a, yeah, come back against your abuser moment. And sure, that's great. And I'm sure, you know, that's a powerful moment. But the entire movie is just constructed to get you to that place. Well, that's how way. movies work, man. Yeah, but it's a, <laughs> it's, I don't feel like it's I, earned. I'm sorry. It's not an but, earned moment. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Hold on. So I understand that, that movies not, are constructed. I was going to say, moments. like, the whole point I'm of Star a, Wars I'm is to get him to shoot those friggin' things to kill the Death Star. You're talking about the whole design of that movie. But, okay. I understand what you're saying. You're just saying you don't think it did a good job of getting to that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I get that. I disagree with you, but I get that. <laughs> <laughs> also, Go question ahead. about the padded room. Okay. Is there a secret door in the back? Uh, you know what? I, I noticed that. I think, I just think because it's the whole downstairs is supposed to be, they don't use it anymore because the nurse says that at you some point. You kind of get the idea. I yeah. think you get the idea that it's just not well constructed. Maybe the pads off. I did, when I saw that, 
I was wondering like, is she, can she just get out that way? And then I, I never, I didn't right. like it. I, they over, whenever they went back to that shot or they never had that shot again, I don't think you saw that again. The pad that's kind of a jar. Right, yeah. right. I just think it, the whole area is just kind of shut off and, and right, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. So yeah, no, but I think that's about this uh, ill repute and stuff like that. So you don't, did you even care about Nate getting shot up with fentanyl? I did. Okay. I liked Nate. Nate was actually a really good character. Um, it made me want Jay Farrow to be in things that weren't necessarily comedies. Which I, I liked him on his brief turn at SNL. He was not on there for too long, but yeah. I always thought he did a good job. And uh, but I think he did a great job in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I don't know how I feel about him being the reporter that ends up getting the hospital shut down. I feel like that was just kind of like, hey, we gotta. Well, that's if that doesn't happen. I mean, they they would just they'd have to add something where somehow Sawyer got the place shut down. Like she led the cops there somehow. Well, she was on her own thing. She was good. She was trying. Yeah, yeah I got but you. Because the, the cops find information, you don't know what the cops find. Right. So I thought maybe they found out David was the stalker. Okay. Um. Well, well David's the stalker name. I don't remember what his. No, his David's is. his name, right? David's the orderly. Yeah. No. Yeah. David is his real name. He was George right. Shaw. George Shaw. Because yeah. Because they yeah. find the guy dead. They found the actual George Shaw. Yeah. So. You think that's what's going to lead them to it. And then you find out and the actual reporter says that it was Nate that was killed and he was a reporter for. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. You think that they're going to investigate. OK, they found out David was, you know, Shaw and then he killed him. But what you really find out is that they find Nate's body and he was an undercover reporter. Right. And that's what the whole thing is about. Well, I think if. I, but it go, I, I think it's kind of coupled together because you find the George Shaw body, you find that he's George Shaw, and then you wait a minute, there's a George Shaw that works at Highland Park. He, this guy is saying that he is, what's going on here? So that kind of, it's almost like two things are happening at the same time. And that's what makes the FBI then get involved. I, I think oh, I, also with, it's an insurance scam. So, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something that, and I, which I found, I, I found that I, I get it. I get it. You didn't like that. They kept saying it, um, but I did find that it, intriguing just like what exactly that goes on places like that that are more oh so they hold it for seven to yeah. try to just get money yeah the whole thing with the uh administrator that uh she ends up talking to and and she's just kind of like she's almost as evil as that nurse i couldn't stand that nurse do i think that they're all sitting in a room going yes this is what we're gonna do we're just gonna no but i think that it's just kind of it's almost like you work at a job that you can't stand that you just you go through the motions you're just doing this is how we do it you're sick and tired of dealing with these people that are yelling at you. Oh or, yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Yeah. So it's that kind of malaise or just kind of like, I don't want to hear it. Type Except thing. for the HR lady. She's definitely bad. <laughs> the, the the administrator one? The administrator yes, is definitely yes, bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The, oh yeah. The nurse, you can just tell she's annoyed. Yeah. She just constantly just doesn't care. Yeah. She's just lost her caring. Okay. But at the same time, she does like, you know, David as I wish everyone had your work ethic. It can't happen again. She can't get the wrong meds. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like she doesn't care. She's like you said, she's just so, blase about their repeated like yelling at her and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's not like she doesn't care about the patients necessarily see if i worked there and i was in that room and then he goes oh i just i really i really care about this i really love it that to me would be a red flag i'd be like what what like <laughs> just put the pills in the bottle <laughs> well he's newer so it's like maybe it's like mm, give it time man <laughs> <laughs> it'll get to you it'll get to you you'll get there <laughs> uh di- so uh, we'll go back. Maybe we'll go back to the story elements uh, later. But let's talk about how it was shot. You didn't like it. You didn't like how it looked. Oh, I just thought that when I read that he used two different cameras, sure. I thought that was like a cheap out. Like you said, I, I didn't understand why he needed to. Right. But no, I thought the look was really cool. What they were able to do with an iPhone 7 on 4K on Filmic Pro made me go, Damn, why haven't I made a film on my uh, phone this yet? This is true. <laughs> this is true. I think I remember the first time I saw this movie a couple years ago, I was like, I think I tweeted like, there's no excuse not to have not to do a movie if 
if they can do it. If he can do it, yeah. Although, granted, he did have like a million dollar budget. He did, but that's probably most of that goes to the uh, cast and crew. Cast uh, getting the the head of they were they filmed at a Panoma hospital in Panoma, New York that was that just closed. So getting that, um, yeah, crew. I think that's where a lot of it went to. Right. Um, It didn't. What was the movie we did? What we did not Logan. No, Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky was before this, and that was the movie that he did without studio help. Right. Did he do that again for this one? I'm wondering. I don't know. I don't think so because it maybe he had that kind of deal, or maybe it was such a low budget film that, that he was able to just get the money and yeah. not worry about it. But yeah. like for a production budget of 1.5 million, you're bringing in 14. That's pretty impressive. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I don't know how that would deter you from not doing another movie on iPhone like this. And then he did High Flying Bird, which I had not seen, and it's really tough to diff- it's difficult to kind of judge how a movie does financially when it's on Netflix. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I don't, yeah, I don't know what his compensation was. I mean, I guess I could have looked it up, but, but this is a, this is a pretty good take for, for a 1.5 million movie shot on iPhone. And it's not like a, it's not like it's a horror movie. I mean, it's horror thriller. It is a horror thriller. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like a horror movie in the case, like teenagers are are flocking to see it kind of a thing. Sure. Like those kind of movies that are a million and they make 14. Right. So that is kind of impressive. This is more of an adult horror thriller. Yeah. And she's probably getting, Claire Foy is getting the bulk of that money because she is the, She's, she's the lead, lead. This, yeah. and she's coming off of the crown when she's doing this. Right? Yes, this is one of her it. first films after the crown, after because right. she was only queen for the first two seasons, and then they kind of moved forward with Olivia Coleman. Uh, and then she did, I think, First Man's around here somewhere, uh, in, in terms of what's next. I saw for the her. First Man, I know that's what turned me off to it. It was like, you were like, yeah, and it was a long movie, so it I is long, and it's, I mean, I mean, that's a movie that I'm okay going back to, uh, but yeah, I wasn't really like, oh my god, you need to see First Man. <laughs> But I was I I was really surprised how much I liked Unsane. I'm I'm surprised you didn't like it. But it's fine. Uh, I actually did. You like Joshua Leonard as David? I did. I thought he was um, creepy. Creepy in a in a very understated way. He never. I mean, he did raise his voice a couple of times, but for the most part, he was always just too fake sweet. Like he was like playing a guy who was absolutely infatuated with this girl. But he always played it like he was madly in love, never that he was mad or evil or crazy. But the things he was doing was crazy, which made it more unsettling. Well, I get the sense that their time together in this movie is probably the most time, the longest that they've talked. Oh, for sure. So, you get the fact that like he was always quiet in the room when his dad was dying. Yeah. She was kind of helping her dad, his dad in hospice and that he never even talked to his father, let alone her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get you. You definitely get that that across because yeah. she doesn't know much about uh david at all well they don't go on any dates he just assumes that she, you know they're meant for each other yeah, yeah. but like when she's, she's getting crazy. that text chain i need you i love you where are you answer, answer my phone i know you're yeah. getting these oh messages God, yeah it's like oof i mean uh, yeah i don't but no i think he did a really good job i'm actually surprised he's not you know in more he hasn't been in more things although I, right after this is pretty much the pandemic so yeah i didn't realize he was in the blair witch project yeah, which I was wondering who he played in the Blair Witch Project. I want to say he plays the guy that ends up staring at the, the wall at the end. I think that's him. Gotcha. But I let's be honest, I'm probably never going back to the Blair that, Witch Project. That film is real, though. So he's dead. How do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if so, unless somebody has a podcast episode, they want me to be on where I have to watch the Blair Witch Project. I'm probably never going back to that. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> that was an event. That movie was an event that you had to go see uh, because they did a. It's a great example of fantastic marketing. And I know they tried to do that kind of style again with their love story that they did. 
but it was like past the point of where like everyone was already clued into the fact of like, you know, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Um, And then I know that, and I haven't seen it all in one sitting, but I know that the second Blair Witch Project is considered as a lot of people like that a little bit better because it's a little bit more of a horror film. Oh, it's a a film. Yeah. Yeah, It's not like found footage. Yeah. I think what's his face is in that. Um, The guy from Burn Notice, Jeffrey Donovan. No, not Jeffrey Donovan. What's his name? Is that right? The main guy from yeah, yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah, I think yeah. he's in that. Is he? I think so. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, but that's like what early two thousands. Yeah, Blair Witch is ninety nine, right? Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So, well, let me ask you this. And if let me ask you this question. Yes. And be honest. Do you find it difficult to relate to Sawyer? Because you are not somebody who has experienced this kind of fear of being stalked by somebody. You're not a woman who has to deal with an overbearing man that can't take no for an answer. I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, sure. I think that would be any, you know, for the most part, any male that's watching this film. But right. I think that it's a movie's job to get me to feel that way. And I think other films that have female led characters who are in distress uh, for reasons of abuse and stuff like that have done have done that and and continue to do that and i just don't think this one did that uh and you don't but, think that the stuff but, of matt damon the stuff when she he's laying out how her life is completely I think that, over i think that is a great scene and that is like really like oh that's really shitty change your facebook and she's got to be the one that gives up all this stuff because she's getting abused mm-hmm. and yes that is, she's getting stalked, stalked yeah uh, mentally abused i got you no i got you uh but yeah i think that it would be better if she talked about that and broke down i just want to see her not be angry at some point or not be trying to get out like let me see that let me see you be more emotional not as guarded so that i get that see what you maybe were like before you're, you're talking a different before everything in highland Correct. creek um i also don't think i think matt damon shouldn't have been in I think he's I think he's very distracting in in it's just like, oh, it's Matt Damon. And that's what you get out of this thing. That's supposed to be like you're supposed to feel for her more. And then all of a sudden you got Jason Bourne checking and checking out the stuff. I just don't think we needed Matt Damon as that. that But I just I don't think we needed the flashbacks. I think we understand what he did to her. Right. That he makes her see him all over the place. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we needed that. I I don't think we needed uh, the ending as well. What the when he kills when she kills him when no uh, I mean he needed to die yeah she yeah. needed to kill him well she he killed her mom but oh yeah he he deserved <laughs> hi <that>. mom <laughs> I like that sorry uh but when at the end when she's in the uh the restaurant oh yes. she sees the other guy I yes. I don't like that ending at all why not uh, a I don't like the freeze frame okay I think that's like a seventies throwback that we didn't need I love seventies though yeah okay I don't think we need all right weird music. But also d- d- disagree. So now she's now she is crazy. No, see, here's so, my thing with that. Here's my thing with that. No, go ahead, finish your thought because I I kind of agree with you. <laughs> well, the whole thing is she's not crazy. Right. He's really there, but she's clearly a, a victim of abuse. And then all of a sudden, like I get you want to tell people like the abuse continues just because you got rid of your stock or he dies doesn't mean these these issues aren't still over over lingering. Mm. But now you clearly say she deserves to be back in an asylum because she's she clearly is a danger to herself and others. Well, it's a traumatic. Uh, yes. Agreed. It's a traumatic experience that happened. She witnessed, uh, she saw her mother, her dead mother, and she's in a trunk. She witnessed right. somebody get killed. No. Yes. I agree. My thing is that it's only six months later. So it's a like, 
if that's not enough time for her to recover from this, these incidents. So doing it the way they, the way they ended it, I took it as that you're, you're saying that she's never going to be the same. And maybe that's true, but it's right. only been six months. If, right. you, if this was five years later, maybe, but six months later, I, I, I don't, I understand what you're trying to say in that moment, saying that, you know, she's not over yet. Right. But the way it's portrayed, it's almost like you can take from it. Like you said that she's messed up forever. She needs so much help. It's never, you know what I mean? Like she sees right. him everywhere. I think that they should have done it a little bit differently. Maybe she's in a therapy session. Maybe she's just, you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's just too soon. I think she could still see him in sure. other people, but yeah, I think that grabbing the knife and going up to the guy just kind of proves the hospital, right? In a way that well, I don't think. Well, that she becomes a victim. But yeah, the hospital, her experience in the hospital created something that's going to put her back in yes. some place like that. Yes, I, I agree with you. I just think that doing it at six months later is really tough because how do you expect somebody to get over that after six months? You know, sure. what I mean? that's a little that's all I'm saying. I think it just sends the wrong message. Um, but I agree with you what you're saying. The ending, I don't mind the freeze frame, but the, what it's what it what you get from it. If you don't realize it, wait a minute, it's only six months. You know, I think that you're kind of getting a mixed message there. So right. yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. I want you like 70s freeze frame, man. Come on. You're I love 70s free frame. In. Hating on this film. <laughs> hating on this film. Um, hmm. Where should we go from here? How about the day for night? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go <laughs> talk to me what you didn't like. So. What I didn't like, I've been well, going no, about, about the like. about that the day for night. Though. Oh, so yeah. the day for night. I mean, I didn't not like it. I thought it was a cool throwback. I haven't seen day for night in a modern movie in a long time. Sure, but obviously it's because they had the iPhone camera, like a seven, can't really see that well in really dark lit places. Sure, sure. But um, I think they could have made it a little bit darker because it's really bright. Day for you, night. Well, you don't like it. It's really blue. It is super blue. Well, I like though when they first show it when if when she has um no when he it's his voiceover right when he's talking. Because they have David's voiceover to her, like he's talking to her. Is that him talking? I, I'll always this? find you. In the beginning of the movie, it starts off with a shot. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I I don't know if you picked up on this, and not, maybe I'm just seeing what I want to see, but when it was doing the dolly, I noticed that there was like sparkles of like blue and light, like like in the leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And I didn't mind the uh I didn't I, I think I'm willing to make the concession because I know what it's shot on. Maybe that's not good. I shouldn't be able to do that. I shouldn't. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> I think uh, at the beginning it works because it makes it seem like nice and, yeah. and and beautiful and it's really creepy. And it's you think this is really nice speech, but it's really bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do like that beginning. I was talking about when she escapes the hospital the first time that day for night. She escapes the first time. Oh, not the first time. The only time she escapes. When she goes to the when back she first stabs the... him, and she goes behind the hospital. She's behind yeah, the, the big pillar. Yeah. 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 yeah that part. I couldn't. I thought that was in the day. Was that day for night? Was that, that blue? That was day for okay, night. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's fine. But that's most fair. of it, I do like the way it was colored. Maybe the woods adds a little bit more to that when they're in the woods. Oh, you sure. Know yeah. I mean? Instead of it's just kind of makes it more ethereal kind of thing. So, but the rest of it, I like the way it was colored. I like the muted colors mm -hmm. and the kind of that kind of green, yellow, brown, very industrial look. But they also definitely colorized it. Yeah. So I think it it adds to it and it helps you disguise the fact that it was on an iPhone seven. Sure. I do like. The way it was shot is very impressive. I like it a lot. Yeah. Now, yeah. now uh, while we disagree on how good the movie is, that's fine. But I think one of the things I wanted to bring up when we were talking about this, and we brought it off briefly, was that when you watch this film, you can't help thinking, but like, what, why am I not doing that? Yeah. Like, why? So, and I think that really goes to 
And he's going to disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> it really goes to your script and the story. Like if you can tell a compelling story, maybe not for Mr. Butler here, but for other people, um, it doesn't matter what you shoot on unless you're doing, you know what I mean? It's like the movie. No, I do. People agree. Are going, I do agree yeah. with that. This yeah. is still a, a movie. Yes. This is still better than like some, you know, college students or high school students, you know, student film that they're shooting. Yeah, they're shooting regardless, like film or. Yeah. yeah regardless yeah. of, you know, if you're in a university and I check out the most expensive camera. Yeah. You can shoot on, sure, a red camera or whatever. It's just going to look like nice crap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. This is still a film. Yeah. Regardless of what I think about the quality of the writing or whether I like the movie or not. This is still an actual film shot right. on an iPhone 7. Yeah. So you burgeoning filmmakers out there, you know. We're on 13 or 14, so let's go. We're Mr. double the iPhone. Mr. Butler is available for your projects, but just make sure your script's okay because he's going to have some problems with that. Oh, I don't care. I'll film unsafe oh, right now. Oh, what the hell, man. I'm a sellout. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to be David Strine? Let's go. <laughs> you're, too, you're too small. I am not, too small. Not, sorry, I'm I don't not, mean to I'm cut you. I don't mean to cut you about that. I don't mean to like cut you down but oh yeah, yeah i'm not the intimidating he, yeah, like, he, big needs guy, to, yeah. he needs to be that imposing figure yeah, yeah. absolutely man i'm surprised i'm jay farrow's like care i'm getting shot up with fentanyl by david stride let's be honest i and we said that we talked about how he's the reporter he's reporting on highland creek and he's he kind of becomes her friend and which and, makes sense why he has the phone who he's talking to right why he's right. Talk, you think like is it his mom is it his friend is he just talking about like his experiences there but no right. he's writing the report basically as he's going and maybe because it's an independent film and you only see like a handful of nurse you only see one nurse uh you only see, you see a handful a of orderlies, orderlies. Yeah. and that might have to do with just the size of the production the fact that it's shot in 10 days so you know maybe you can't oh really... yeah why half the hospital shut down right because right blah, blah, blah. so sure. i mean you, that that's probably along the lines of of it being an indie um and that's what you get with an indie but which is fine again i think we all know that i'm big time fan of indie film. So um, I'm always going to be okay with that. Uh, maybe that's to my detriment or not, but I, I am, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I guess, I guess maybe, why do you think it's forgotten? Um, why is it forgotten? I mean, it made a lot of money. Yes. Regardless of whether, what, if I think it's bad or not, I mean, it's not terribly reviewed. Um, I think Claire Foy is, although she's very good and she's in the crown, I think the crown is kind of a very particular kind of film, uh, TV show, show. Like it's not like huge here in the U S not everybody watches it. So I don't think she's as big an actress yet. Maybe she will get there. Although I don't think girl with, I think girl with the dragon tattoo was supposed to be her big thing. Mm -hmm. Juno temples in it. And I mean, if they tried to advertise it again with more shots of Juno temple, you know, on streamer, sure. maybe you'd get people to watch it. Like I know Netflix does that a lot on their carousel. All of a sudden, if some, you know, even if they're a third rate character on that show, mm -hmm. if they blow up, all of a sudden they're going to be on sure. that big head poster. You make that money. Yeah. I think she's the one you would then advertise like, Hey, Juno temples in this, you should watch it. Um, I also think it came out right before, you know, it's two years from 2020 uh, and the pandemic and stuff like that. And it kind of feels like it could have been made during the pandemic. Like one of those pandemic. Oh films. yeah, maybe. Yeah. The fact that it's very empty and there's not a lot of extras and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I also think that thrillers like this, it's tough for people to go back to. Um, well, I think good or bad, yeah. I think that people just don't go back to thrillers as much as they go back to horror or drama or action. Well, it's a, it, it's an independent film. It's a thriller. And I think it's, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's forgotten. I just don't think broader audiences really latched onto it. Like they couldn't, maybe, maybe, 
hearing, oh, it shot on an iPhone 7, because that was really part of the promotion. That was, yeah. That was a Maybe thing. that turned people off. They didn't really want to give it a shot. Um, I'm sure older people were probably like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can't even turn it right. And I should have maybe the I didn't watch the trailer. Maybe the trailer didn't grab people. Uh, It clearly did. I mean, it did the same amount of money domestic and world and international because it was seven point seven and fourteen total. So uh, I think it it did well. I also think if you go in with Soderbergh movies, you're going to watch, you know, Oceans. You're going to watch Logan Lucky. Well, not Logan Lucky because we talked about how that's forgotten. But Mm -hmm. you're going to watch some of his bigger films, Mm -hmm. and this is one of his smaller films. It is. It's a small film. Maybe it gets that. I think he. It's what he likes to do now. Or seems to be smaller films, which is fine. I can't argue with the reasoning behind making this because it is. It is a success. Oh, exactly. So I can't. I mean, we talk about all the time. I talk about all the time with friends of mine who want. You know, let's let's make something. Let's make something. Like, well, I need money. I can't. Do it on the arm. I'm like, give me a million dollars and I'll give you something. You know, like, right. you know, I think that, can I give you this? I don't know. But I'm saying like it, it, it made enough where like, why wouldn't Soderbergh want to keep doing movies like this and just make movies yeah. on a low budgets with, with good actors and just kind of like, you know, crank them out there and then make more, more than enough money back on, on your return. Exactly. Well, like you did with Logan Lucky, put his money up front. Sure. So he has control. Sure. Uh, It's a great idea. And it allows you to make your own content, not have to kowtow to whatever the studios want you to do. Yeah. Although he's making a third magic mic. He's produced the second one. He didn't direct it. Well, now he's directing the third one. Well, maybe he likes the idea. (laughs) Mike's last dance. Maybe maybe, maybe Channing Tatum asked him to come back. I am excited for Kimmy. I think Kimmy might be good. Uh, That's another thriller. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's written by David Kep. Well, I like David Cup. Like that. <laughs> Why didn't he direct it? I like his directing stuff. I still have to watch his uh you want the bike messenger? Oh, um Premium Rush. Yeah, I Michael, still, I Michael still Shannon's watch in that. that. Yeah. I, I like that. It's it's not I there's other David Cup. He also the last one he did was with Kevin Bacon, uh when he's like uh, the horror movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched yeah. that. Uh, the house that's like all like got these secret things in it and stuff like yep. that. Um, that's that's the last thing he's done. I think that was shot during the pandemic. Um, but that's the thing. I also think that this is a small film, and I think small films are ones that fall through the cracks a lot. I know that. I do agree with that. I know that when I posted that, you know, because I always post on Instagram, Twitter, and and stuff like that. You know, now watching watching Unsane. And, I mean, this is you're you're listening to this now. We watched this five weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of people be like, "Oh, I like that movie," like that kind of thing. So I do think that people who are into cinema or into film or filmmaking or you know follow directors like we talk about here, or follows you know the people behind below the line talent. I think that you know this movie was something that struck a chord with a lot of people, especially a lot of independent people, because they're like, "Wow, look what he did!" Right. Um. But in terms of broader audiences, you know, they're going to see Ready Player One that weekend. The next weekend, they're going to see Pacific Rim Uprising. No, they're not. No one saw Pacific Rim Uprising. Well, well, know. in this country, it did a ton of money overseas. Well, yeah, well, because it's not good. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. Unsane is not really a, a movie that is gonna get a big, big bump in terms of like date night or something like that. It's a. Oh you, sure. You know what I mean? It's not that type of film. It's not a broad audience type of film. But then yet again, it made a lot of its money back. I mean, it's money back and much more. So I can't knock it. Um, I'm a little surprised that you didn't like it. Me too. Um, and you know, <laughs> quite frank- I usually like movies. Like quite this. frankly, when this podcast is over, you could just leave. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I, I still disagree with you. I think it's good. I, I like it. I like the performances. I like Claire Foy and I think she's doing a lot of stuff. I know you said you like her. I, 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 I she's doing a lot of stuff. That's 
outwardly on her face, but not saying a lot of stuff. So you have to kind of get what's going on. Sometimes I enjoy, I like that scene when she unloads on him. I don't know. I just, I enjoyed the film. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't care. I, I, I like films that people don't like and that's fine <laughs> and vice versa. Um, but do you have anything else to add or do you want to crap on this movie a little bit more? Or? I will say, I just realized that uh, the orderly Dennis, uh, Zach Jerry, the big guy. Yes. Uh, he's, I think he's the guy in the Marvel movies who keeps recording stuff yes. on his phone. Yes. Is just, it? Yeah. I just realized that yeah. right now. Good for him. Good for him. Congratulations. You're part of the MCU. <laughs> I want you back. We want you back commenting on yeah, this real quick. Great. Can you be the it's guy in the iPhone? How do we explain he's on the bus? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you take take your MCU talk out of here, right? <laughs> I just, I'm just, I have, I was like, I know that Fantastic. guy. Fantastic. All right. So after you guys listen to this episode, please let Butler know how wrong he is. I'm not wrong. He's wrong. Uh, wrong. And then, uh, but why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? You can find us at Forgotten Cinema Pod. Uh, on the social medias or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com because we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts Forgotten Entertainment has to offer. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that good stuff. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Tell Field that I'm right. He's wrong for once. Uh, and uh, yeah, just talking about movies. Just comment. Let us know. Uh, we do love talking. I'm about not wrong. He's never right. That has pro- yeah, provided absolutely. me success for all these years. Why would it stop? No, right, right. How do you right, not? Right, I, right. What do you? What? <laughs> Join us next week where Bowler's already worried about watching this film because he thinks it's problematic. <laughs> Just one of the guys from 1985. I don't know if it is. I haven't watched it. He's already scared to watch this movie because he thinks that if he watches it and likes anything part of it, he's going to be canceled. Oh, no, I don't care. The 80s were a great time, Butler. We're already canceled. We're, 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 they were flawed <laughs> and they were mistake filled, but we're going to get through it and we're going to get into it. And doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. How's the music in this? Oh, it's 80s. What do you think? Yeah. It's right. awesome. Yeah, obviously, everything in the 80s was awesome. <laughs> All right, that's next week. Just one of the guys. Um, and that's it. I'm Mike Field. I'm uh, Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.